to do as they liked, and, above all, to say what they liked. Both Hilda and Constance had had their tentative love affairs by the time they were eighteen. The arguments, the discussions were the great thing. The love-making and connection were only a sort of primitive reversion and a bit of an anti-climax. But a woman could yield to a man without yielding her inner, free self. Rather, she could use this sex thing to have power over him, for she only had to hold herself back in sexual intercourse and let him finish and expend himself without herself coming to the crisis, and then she could prolong the connection and achieve her orgasm and her crisis while he was merely her tool. However, came the war, Hilda and Connie were rushed home again, after having been home already in May to their mother's funeral. Connie did a mild form of war work and consorted with the flannel trousers Cambridge intransigence, who gently mocked at everything so far. Her friend was a Clifford Chatterley, a young man of twenty-two, who had hurried home from Bomb, where he was studying the technicalities of coal mining. He had previously spent two years at Cambridge, Now he'd become a first lieutenant in a smart regiment, so he could mock at everything more becomingly in uniform. Clifford Chatterley was more upper class than Connie. Connie was well-to-do intelligentsia, but he was aristocracy. But Clifford, while he was better bred than Connie, and more society, was in his own way more provincial and more timid. He was at ease in the narrow great world that is landed aristocracy society, but he was shy and nervous of all that other big world which consists of the vast hordes of the middle and lower classes, and foreigners. Therefore, the peculiar soft assurance of a girl like Constance Reed fascinated him. She was so much more mistress of herself in that outer world of chaos than he was master of himself. In 1916, Herbert Chatterley was killed, so Clifford became heir, The Chatterleys, two brothers and a sister, had lived curiously isolated, shut in with one another at Rugby, in spite of all their connections. A sense of isolation intensified the family tie, a sense of the weakness of their position, a sense of defencelessness, in spite of, or because of, the title and the land. The three had said they would all live together always, but now Herbert was dead and Sir Geoffrey wanted Clifford to marry. Sir Geoffrey barely mentioned it. He spoke very little. But his silent, brooding insistence that it should be so was hard for Clifford to bear up against. But Emma said no. She was ten years older than Clifford, and she felt his marrying would be a desertion and a betrayal of what the young ones of the family had stood for. Clifford married Connie nevertheless, and had his mum's honeymoon with her. It was the terrible year 1917, and they were intimate as two people who stand together on a sinking ship. He had been a virgin when he married, and the sex part did not mean much to him. They were so close, he and she, apart from that. And Connie exulted a little in this intimacy, which was beyond sex and beyond a man's satisfaction. Though Connie did want children, if only to fortify her against her sister-in-law Emma, But early in 1918, Clifford was shipped home smashed, and there was no child, and Sir Geoffrey died of chagrin.
Connie and Clifford came home to Ragby in the autumn of 1920. Miss Chatterley, still disgusted at her brother's defection, had departed and was living in a little flat in London. Ragby was a long, low, old house in brownstone, begun about the middle of the 18th century and added on to, till it was a warren of a place without much distinction. It stood on an eminence in a rather fine old park of oak trees, but alas, one could see in the near distance the chimney of Teversol Pit, with its clouds of steam and smoke, and on the damp, hazy distance of the hill the raw straggle of Teversol Village, a village which began almost at the park gates and trailed into utter hopeless ugliness for a long and gruesome mile. Houses, rows of wretched, small, begrimed brick houses, with black slate roofs for lids, sharp angles, and willful blank dreariness.